Spring is in the air at Global Voice Broadcasting. Fresh new shows are hitting the airwaves every day. Shows about all the things that matter to you in your life. Music, fashion, celebs, and more. It's all here, and it's getting better every day. Only at Global Voice Broadcasting. My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. As a kid, what did you learn about sex? As you know, if you've been listening for a while, I ask this question often of guests, and the answers typically range from nothing to it was bad or sinful or only for making babies after you're married or just for guys. Today, many, if not most, youth turn to internet porn seeking answers about sex or stimulation, and the supply they find is endless. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio. I'm so thrilled to be here to explore the subject and more with a fabulous guest I will introduce shortly. And those of you who've been with us for a while also know, um, or from reading my book Embraceable, about my own experience in sex ed and that I basically learned nothing good about female sexuality and nothing about women's sexual pleasure as though it didn't exist. And all of that has been a huge motivation for Girl Boner. You've heard me gab about the potential perks and challenges of porn use with sex educators and therapists and activists. Just the other week, Dr. Megan, Ashley Manta, and I talked a little bit about porn as sex ed because really it's the most prevalent means of sexual information for a lot of people. But with a few exceptions, porn was never actually meant to be education per se. It's entertainment, right? And yet there are so few other options, especially for kids and young adults who, you know, if they ask questions about sex, they kind of just told to shut up or wait or for the most part. And porn is literally at our fingertips. Knowing the difference between what happens on the screen and in real life can be super empowering in my opinion, which is one reason I'm so stoked to have porn star Jaden Lee in the studio with me to discuss this and more. Welcome, Jaden. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I am well, and I'm so excited to have you here. I am too. I'm happy to be here. We're going to have a fun chat. I would love first to hear a little bit about your journey. What kind of led you into the adult industry? I guess it was more of me wanting freedom. Um, uh, growing up, my parents were really strict, and I wasn't allowed to go to parties. I wasn't allowed to do a lot. And it was almost, I guess, sex was never talked about until I got into the business. I didn't know about like douching, about just the simple girl stuff. My mom never taught me. Um, it was almost shameful to talk about sex or... She called me boy crazy one time because I had boys or boyfriends or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was just more of me wanting to run away, I guess. Um, and basically, when I got into the industry, it was more of me experimenting because I felt more comfortable doing it on camera than doing it in my personal life. Interesting. It's weird when I say it because... A lot of the stuff that I've done on camera is a first. I've never done it in my personal life. I had a very vanilla sex life before. 
Interesting. And even so now, I guess I'm more willing to do stuff on camera than I am in my personal life. Huh. Just because with the status of having the name porn star or anything, people have expectations. And when they find out, for me, example, when guys find out what I do for a living, then they're like, oh, well, can I have a threesome? Can I have this? Can I have that? So, but... And how do you respond to that? Because it's you're playing characters, right? So it's a performance, and you have to tell them that, like, hey, it's what you see in the screen. You know, that's me, but it might not necessarily be who I am in the bedroom. Well, I'm always open to trying new things, but the person has to stick around for a while. So yeah. if we've only been dating for a few months, I'm not going to give you anal until later. Sure. So that's what I do for work and you like to build trust first yeah but also because my body is my prized possession that I need to keep it kind of sacred and I can't I don't want to just let anybody in there you have to be somewhat protective over yourself sure for me at least yeah I feel like I have morals and it's kind of weird in a way to have morals and then have sex for work. I'm sure a lot of people would would think that that's a little strange, but I've definitely learned from this show and from doing work in the sexuality field that so many people who work in the industry, you know, people expect them to be a certain way. And there's so many really intelligent, high moral, you know, people who have beautiful values and who do feel that even the work is, you know, sacred and, and an art. And I think that's that's really, really important. So what you decided to kind of dive into the porn industry. And was it what you expected? How did it feel when you first started? So when I first started, I had a guy who found me on Model Mayhem. And at the time, I was doing import modeling, and I was stripping in Sacramento and San Francisco. And someone found me on Model Mayhem, tried to pretend they were a girl, and then I gave them my phone number because they were like, you can make this amount a month. And I'm like, okay, curious. So they call me, and they're on the phone with me, not really telling me that it's for porn. They were kind of saying it's modeling and this and that. After talking, I've thought it through. I was a bad stripper. I just don't hustle. I, I don't have it in me. And I money was tight. I needed to make ends meet. I really, really thought about shooting. And I'm like, what if my parents find out? What's going to happen? But I like, I don't know, just like any kid, if your mom or your dad says no, you're going to want to do it. So I just seen freedom. And I don't have to date anyone to have sex with hot people. I get paid. Um, I get attention that I've always wanted. And um, I guess it solves all my attention problems. <laughs> yeah, there's something really affirming about getting feedback from an audience and, you know, getting fan messages and, and all of that. And, and the attention, like you said, without the attachment. So if you aren't necessarily in a space where you want to have a serious relationship that you can still be sexually expressive and have pleasure and all of that. Although I know it's also a lot of challenging work, you know, yeah. and I think it's easy for people. It's kind of like a movie, a mainstream movie in, in the theater. When you're seeing a movie, 
there's so much work that you don't see that goes on. You know, it comes across as oh, it looks effortless. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not necessarily the case. No. When I f- first flew to Florida, I did four scenes. Um, I didn't tell anyone I was going to be in the adult industry. I kind of just went. My ticket was bought by Mofos, and I shot four scenes. I did my first time anal ever on camera in one of those four scenes. Um, it was it was really weird. The first scene I had was called Mary Muncher. It's for Reality Kings, and basically it was at this gun shop. They did my makeup, and I was complaining to my agent at the time about how it looked so natural, and I didn't like it. Sometimes they make you wear stuff that you might not necessarily like, but then what I've realized is if this is how they want me to look, I'm just going to play the part and do the best I can. Yeah. Um, But it was in a gun shop, and the people that were working there at the shop were there watching, and it I just always thought that you had to be loud. So the louder you are, I don't know. I guess it's not like that anymore. Oh. That was what <laughs> I so thought. It's so interesting because loud. it sounds like you went in and did they – so they didn't know this was your first time doing anal. Um, I think I did tell them. I did tell them, but it was for Let's Try Anal, so I had to act like it was my first time. Oh, so that kind of worked out. The acting was real. <laughs> yeah, and the guy wasn't so big. With yeah. me, um, I took a little break just recently, and I signed with a new agency recently. Um, I was a little intimidated and a little nervous before getting back into the industry just because the size, just remembering everything, it just – it was a little stressful. Yeah, I, I wasn't imagine. sure if I could handle it or if I could do it, but I know I did it before, so why can't I do it again? So what helped you through? Obviously, well, lube helps. <laughs> but did you did your um, acting partner and the crew, do they kind of help you along or is it kind of you just figure it out as you go along? No, everyone's actually really, I guess, nonchalant. Everyone, I mean, they want to go home as soon as possible. And that's how it's been lately. I want to get my shoots done within four hours and leave. Yeah. So I try to just come prepared, bring all my makeup, everything that I would need so we could just be in and out. But I mean, when there's script for me, I notice because it's not always like that. A lot of the time you go on set and they kind of give you an idea of what the storyline is supposed to be and you make it up along the way and it's easier for me to be to be able to do that instead of putting myself in character reading a script 10 minutes before we just no matter if it's short or long with me I need to repeat it over and over with no distractions no people around yeah my last career I was an actress and the memorizing was not my favorite thing. I, I felt a lot more freedom. And not only is the memorizing challenging because you have to spend the time to really get the lines down, but it felt always felt less natural to me. So I liked the improv better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot more fun. So you mentioned anal, and I think that's a really important topic when we're talking about sex ed versus porn because I've actually had several women when I've been you know speaking at a conference or they write to me um, – with questions because of the show and they say that their boyfriend, their new boyfriend just assumed they wanted anal Mm -hmm. and 
later they'd find out, many of them found out that they'd been watching a lot of porn. And I guess because anal is a lot more prevalent in porn, they just assume that she wanted anal sex. And a lot of times the reason they're telling me this is because they were not interested or they weren't prepared. How? What would you like to say about that? One thing I hate is assumptions. Yeah. Um, I've had guys that I've dated who just assume. And with me, it really, like, for example, taking Viagra and not telling me. Yeah. And me pretending to go to sleep because it's too long. And they think that I want it to go longer. Or anal. I guess it's just being vocal and being able to speak your mind if you don't like something then just stop it and i mean don't make anyone feel uncomfortable but be assertive communicate. and communicate yeah cuz if you don't like something the worst thing is having someone do something you don't like yeah and, and it's an awkward situation to be in cuz like you said you don't want to hurt their feelings but if it's a good person they care about your pleasure and your comfort so yes. they're they're going to be responsive if you say hey wait a minute you know maybe we could try that sometime but right now that's not really what i'm interested in why don't we try this or yes or take steps and what i know in shooting in the in porn is sometimes before we shoot the scene say if it's anal um me and the talent will go off to the side and we'll kind of mingle and do our own little thing to kind of just get into the mood. Mm-hmm. And so I can feel a connection. I have to feel a connection. But if someone were to just let's do anal, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. That's a really important point. Yeah, you have to be in the right headspace and mindset. Take and- the time. You have to, I don't know, make the girl feel comfortable. And it's all about relaxing, and it's something sacred. A lot of people want to do anal, but, I mean, it's, things are, aren't supposed to go in. Sure. Um, yeah. And I feel like something like that, that should be for someone special. And that's what, I mean, it's funny for me to say I want to not do anal with everyone, but if I do anal with someone I'm with, it has to be someone special. Yeah, I, that doesn't sound weird to me at all. I think it's really important to, especially because you have your life as a performer, and that doesn't necessarily mean like if if I, you know, I don't want everything that the characters I used to play. That's not me. Like it's I like to be able to step out of myself and to to do different things and to try on different you know yeah. personalities and always- and stuff like that and um and you know and some of that was physical like. Um, I had air sex with a mime once <laughs> for a music video, and the audition was laying on a on a sofa and pretending I was having sex with like Casper, and it was so crazy, and it was so much fun. And I remember when I was on set, uh, the director was concerned that I would be really really nervous because this, you know I'm not a was never a porn actress, so it's not like and it wasn't it wasn't for a porn film, but it's a very sexual thing. I was wearing like lingerie for the scene; it wasn't nude, but. Uh, to have a big camera crew around when you're not used to that. and But it was so – there was I, – I understand what you said about the freedom of you just feel like you'll try anything when you're in that space because for me it felt really empowering to just – this is a new adventure and I really want to try this character on and do it. And it was the most fun part of the whole shoot for me. So And they did give me some privacy and whatever and communicated with me, which was great. It wasn't like I just walked in and the first thing I did was, here, go have sex with the air over there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Um, that what, must have been difficult. 
I guess uh, same with webcamming for me. It's a little odd to sit in front of a just a little camera and <laughs> talk to a camera and no one around. It's kind of like, oh, well, I, if I do it at my house, I'll get distracted and I'll want to do that. <laughs> like stuff. the phone rings. You're like, hold on, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but to get into that mindset, same thing when I masturbate. I masturbate thinking about my like past sex. Sure. So it's more imagination based off of past mm. sex rather than watching porn. Interesting. I like that. And I think imagination has got a bit lost. Like obviously porn can play a really powerful role in people's intimate lives and they can use it in healthy, empowering ways. But also I think if that's the only thing that you're relying on, then you could lose some of that sense of imagination. I think it's important to when you're masturbating, you know, to to fantasize about whether it's somebody that you'd been with before, your current partner or someone someone made up in your head, whatever. But imagination's so powerful, isn't it? And I it imagine is. getting into character too. Do you use your imagination to I mean, I I guess because I masturbate with a Hitachi that it only lasts like thirty seconds. Yeah. But for me, the issue I have is um, phone sex. I feel goofy with phone sex. And when people want to talk phone sex, I just think it's... Does it feel a little natural to you? It does because I did take a break. So trying to get back into the dirty talking. But I've honestly, I have never had phone sex in my life. Interesting. I think it's challenging because for me, the thing when I've tried phone sex is that I want to put the phone down. <laughs> Because it's it's really hard to like I mean you could put it on a little earbud or whatever, but it's once you get into that space where you're really aroused and you're moving toward orgasm and, and all of that, I always felt like the mechanics were a little bit difficult sometimes. Like if you're holding a phone next to your ear or you're breathing hard and you can't hear the person or you know, it could be it can be challenging. I guess how do you get into the mentality of uh for me, I guess it's just I guess I stop myself. And it's just uncomfortable, and I think it's funny, and I don't know what to say, and it's just more. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. So I think phone sex common. is a big issue for me. That's funny. So who was telling me? Somebody was telling me that they tried phone sex. I think it was a guest on the show, but they tried it, and they both couldn't stop laughing, and they were like, "I don't think we can do this anymore." Like, cause it just felt ridiculous to them. They were like, "What are we doing?" And so it's not for everyone, you know. I mean, eventually you'll have to use phone sex one one day or another. You know, it is a good skill to have in your pocket, I have to say. Especially if you have a boyfriend. Yeah, if you have a boyfriend and you're not in the same space, and it's a great way to connect, that's for sure. You know, like sexting and, and, and all of that. I think that's huge. Even the sexting, the flirting on the phone is just like, can we do it in person? <laughs> yeah, it definitely increases anticipation, that's for sure. Makes you really want to have that person there. That's so true. I did an um, interview recently on someone else's show, and we were talking about um, penis size and somebody was asking they were saying something about how porn stars, male porn stars tend to always have these huge penises and I don't know if that's always the case because if, I feel like porn is so massive it's not like every it, not everyone fits into this kind of stereotypical box of what a porn star looks like and acts like and all of that do you see a lot of diversity in body types and and penis size in your work? I guess there are, I guess, a handful, maybe a little more than a handful, of people that are not the nine-inch penis or, I don't know, elbow to your fist size penis, which is a little intimidating. Um, 
But I know if you, I don't know how many people, if they watch a porn, they want to see a big guy or it's just, that's the stereotype. Right. When I signed with my agent, someone had called asking the size, um, what's the expectation for size as to signing with the agency? She was asking his penis size and she's like, well, we only take nine inch, nine, nine inch above. Wow. When, um, when he wrecked, right? Mm-hmm. But that was just on the phone and I just overheard. Wow. But I guess the new cl- people coming in, new talent, they have to be bigger, but somehow some people just get lucky or they produce their own movies and you don't really have to be yeah. nine inches. But nine, big penis is not always nice. It's almost overwhelming. Yeah. Like, how do I take that? Right. Well, how do you walk around like that? Yeah, I imagine visually one of the reasons is because a large penis on a screen might be more tantalizing in a way just because it's more of penis in your face. Like, you just see it, and maybe it's more arousing that way. But when it comes to the actual bedroom, I have a friend in Minnesota who was dating um, this basketball player who was, like, super, super tall and had a very, very large penis. And she told me that it was so painful for her, and she had to really do a lot to you know, get comfortable. And first she was doing ibuprofen and then she had, you know, so it's not always, I think it's really important for, for guys listening to know that size doesn't matter nearly as much as, you know, culture might suggest. And that, you know, a smaller to average penis size, which average penis size is a whole lot smaller than that, you know, wrist to elbow. And that's perfectly great. Like the G spot's only a couple inches inside, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's so much you can do with, with, any size penis and girth matters to, or it can. You can use your mouth. You can use your fingers. There's so many other things that you can do. Foreplay, I would have yeah. to say. I'm just starting to realize that foreplay is, you need to have foreplay. Yeah. Because it's so that's important. how you stimulate each other and that's how it makes sex good. But normally I would just want them to just stick it in me and let, let's have sex. But then I started to realize that, I don't know. I agree. I think foreplay is really important. And I'm how you were saying that you like things to go quickly. I've always been much more that person, too. And it's interesting because there's a stereotype that women all want sex to last a long time or maybe it takes a long time to get aroused. And that's and that's perfectly fine. But I've always been a much quicker person in life too. So I think it's the same in, in yeah. you know, in sex as it is in my life that I like things to move quickly. So I've had to learn to like embrace foreplay more. But I think that foreplay can be a mindset too. Like if you're thinking about sex and it's and you're connected to your body's pleasure, you might be really turned on a lot of the day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's just a sexual energy you have so that when you do get to the time of actually, you know, masturbating or having sex with a partner that you're turned on pretty fast, right? Yeah, I guess with me that doesn't really. Really? I don't really fantasize. I mean, if I know I'm going to have sex because I do not have a a boyfriend right now. But a bunch uh, of listeners just raised their hand to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. <laughs> um basically I don't know. It's just unless I'm fully emotionally into it with me I'm very emotional and I need to not be emotional or else I'm gonna fall in love with everyone 
So I need to kind of, it's more of a guard. But then it's hard to be imaginative and be sexual when you're trying to guard yourself at the same time. Yeah, that's interesting. I bet some people can relate to that. That's interesting. It's weird. And it's, uh, it's something that I have trouble with especially the phone sex. It's like phone sex. With me, I have so much stuff that I stress about that I think about that even closing my eyes, it doesn't stop that. And Uh, thinking about all the, it just, you just need to empty everything out of your head and just you and that person. Yeah, I love that. And I I totally love your honesty, by the way. I love how openly you're sharing. I think that's super important and people will learn a lot. And I've learned to meditate in the last few years. And I think that's one of the reasons I think meditation is really important for women as far as sex goes, because we we tend to carry a lot of thoughts. And if you're somebody who does get caught up in that thinking, you know, because that's not something we see in porn either, is you don't get the people really preparing. You can't put a huge, you know, mega long foreplay scene because generally speaking, it's very orgasmic porn, right? Yes. So it's just reminding yourself that in real life, Spending more time with foreplay can be really important. Mm-hmm. I guess the issue I have is wondering if I really want to have sex with this person or not. And I'll either cancel or I'll go with it, but it's this fight back and forth. Do I want it? Do I not? I, do they want me to sleep over? Do they want me to do this? Oh, my gosh. Da, 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 da. Ah. And I just don't just do it and find out. So maybe what what is the best way you've managed that? Is it like having a conversation first and putting those thoughts out there? Or do you just sort of have to tell yourself to like try not to fixate here? I guess I figure if the guy really wants me, then I'll try really hard. And so. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, we three dates. (laughs) You don't have like a specific number, huh? Three dates. Yeah. For me, I try. Interesting. Yeah. Some people do keep kind of some sort of standard. And for me, it's always been more just depending on if I'm looking for a serious relationship or not, and also how I feel with that person. You know, there were some people that I met who I, it took a long time for me to feel that connection and have that trust really to, to be sexually intimate. Whereas others, I felt like a lot sooner made a lot of sense. So yeah, it's really interesting. I have a question from a listener that uh, Dr. Megan, our resident sex expert, is going to answer, but I'd love to hear your thoughts, too, because I'm sure you have a lot to say about it. This question is wonderful, and I think it's a common issue. It comes from a listener named Dee Dee. Dee Dee, thank you so much for this question. She wrote this. I'm having an embarrassing problem. I don't like going down on my boyfriend at all. This has always been the case for me, but it's worse in this relationship. It seems to be his favorite thing, and I'm only growing more averted. I can barely stand the taste or smell and often uh, end up resist, resisting gagging. So now I find myself making up excuses to avoid sex altogether. Any ideas for helping me get over this? Thank you. Here's what Dr. Megan had to say. Dee Dee, thanks for this question. Um, you know, I really am of two minds uh, sort of wanting to respond to you because Clearly, you would like to know, you know, in what way, how could you make giving oral sex more pleasurable for you? Because you certainly know it's sort of your boyfriend's favorite thing. That being said, it sounds like historically, uh, you've always really um, not enjoyed giving oral sex. And in this moment, it's gotten to a place where 
the taste or smell, it almost feels like you're resisting gagging, right? So that's why I'm uh, sort of, a, you know, of those mixed um, emotions and minds because, you know, there's something that your body is saying and we have to always honor and respect, I think, what our body is telling us. Uh, and I'm not sure in some ways whether energetically the more uh, he really wants this thing uh, and enjoys it, you're feeling more pressure. And pressure in and of itself creates tension. Um, and that tension or that restricted energy in and of itself can make the experience less pleasurable for you. Um, so, you know, one practical aspect is to think about, again, certainly from the smell perspective, you know, look at his diet. Uh, certain foods like asparagus, garlic, cabbage, alcohol, and even, you know, a lot of protein can certainly make the semen taste uh, it pungent in a way that it, you know, may be adding to your uh, reaction. Um, and I think on the pro side, drinking lots of water, uh, avoiding caffeine, there are lots of things you can do that might make the smell better for you. I also think that creating showering as part of your foreplay, um, again, really enjoying lathering up, you know, his testicles and, uh, pubic hair and just really creating, you know, use lavender or whatever scent might really be a turn on for you. And I think that also it's important to recognize you don't have to deep throat, so to speak, really use your hands. So the role of using one hand sort of at the base, uh, creating tension in the other hand, um, you, you know, adding friction and using your mouth more sort of at the top of his penis to be circumcised, focusing on the frenulum, because that's an area that gives a lot of sensation and pleasure. So, you know, I want to encourage you to open up the dialogue with your boyfriend, letting him know that it's not personal. You've always kind of struggled with this, but you so understand it gives him pleasure and you really want to figure this out and you're excited to figure out how you can do that together. But I think it's important that you take your pressure off yourself um, and the expectations because there's so many ways to give and receive pleasure. And, you know, this might be that special treat that you give now and again, but not all the time especially when and if your body is telling you eh, it doesn't really work for you. So that's the part I think is important is like, let's try on some new strategies, the communication, the conversation, uh, the showering, you know, using more hands, less mouth and see whether or not it can become a more pleasurable experience where you could focus on his turn on and the ways his being turned on by you might become your turn on. But when and if you consistently have a negative reaction, I also think it's important that that becomes part of the conversation and you both think out loud about, okay, so what are the other ways you both can both give and receive pleasure? Um, so I think, I hope you take away from my answer that there's not one definitive way this could look. Um, but I think it's certainly worthy of trying on new strategies, creating the open and honest conversation. And then from there, finding out experientially what works best for you both. Such wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. And Didi, I love what Dr. Megan said about both you know, finding some strategies to make it easier for you, but also communicating and seeing this as a an adventure and something creative you can do with your partner. Because I, I hear from a lot of women who say that they have this problem and they're kind of keeping it to themselves because they're afraid that they might hurt their partner's feelings, and which is a wonderful thing to, to be that conscientious. But also, I think when we put a lot of burden on ourselves, it can be really stifling. So knowing that, and first of all, 
again, it, this is common. So don't feel like there's something wrong with you for this. I love what Dr. Megan said about like really explore, you know, why this is the case and then also making some changes. And actually the thing she said about um, diet, you can find a whole bunch of information on foods that can help and also how a vegetarian diet, plant-based meals, can help in our Sexy Vegetarian episodes. If you Google Sexy Vegetarian and Girl Boner or on my website, augustmclaughlin.com. What do you think, Jaden? Are you um, have any additional advice for, for our listener, Didi? I guess for me and what I've experienced is almost embarrassment and in a way of I can't give them what they want because it's I don't know. It could be for me, socks is a pet peeve, or just with pubic it, hair, or I one time with an ex, I he wanted me to toss a salad, basically, and I'm not not about that. But if that's what you want, and that's By what makes you happy. Salad, you mean? I mean, um, looking the butthole okay. of the guy. Yeah. So the uh, salad to sure. tossing. Yeah, I think that's that's what I understood. I and so sure. I told my ex, if you let me shave you. Then I'll do it. So it's more of an incentive. And what I started thinking is, like, for guys that I have been with and dated, I know what makes them happy. Or if I don't know how to give them a blowjob that they like, I have them show me. How do you – I I like watching them masturbate. So I'll have them masturbate and I'll have them help me. And it's more of a I want to make you come because I know – what makes you happy, but it's not an expectation because I hate when things are expected from me and I will not be comfortable. It's more of me wanting to learn while you teaching me what you like. Ooh, I love that. And I'm such a fan too of masturbating together as couples. I think, as you said, you can learn so much and what a hugely erotic thing to do to watch your partner or to be watched. That sort of like almost voyeuristic kind of turn on that you can have where you feel like someone's watching or, you know, and then you don't have to necessarily speak things out word for word. Like first you do this and then you do that, you know, and not everybody's you comfortable. Can quiet. You can I don't like quiet. talking yeah. too much. Yeah. Some people do. Show I remember my first time swallowing cum from my ex-boyfriend in high school. I felt like I wanted to puke. It was mm. so disgusting. Yeah. Ah, uh, my gosh. Yeah. It was, I wanted to puke in my mouth. I uh, think that's common, don't you? But yeah. A lot of people, it's it's diet. I know pineapple um, can it. sweeten mm-hmm. your the semen, but a lot of guys aren't aware that... That it makes a difference. Their poop doesn't smell, basically. Yeah. That <laughs> basically, yeah. I mean, it's girls know how to take care of the bodies. Guys should learn how to do things for women to make them feel more comfortable. Sure. They're not as encouraged to like prioritize hygiene. And you could make it into a really fun thing where, hey, I heard that different foods can sweeten cum. Let's try this. Let's have some pineapple juice during mm-hmm. foreplay. You know, yes. there's some really cool things that you can do, some steps you can take. You mentioned pubic hair and, well, anal hair, but also hair down there, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a really important point, too, when it comes to pornography. Because another thing I've heard from women is that they feel somewhat pressured to always be waxed or fully shaven and all that. And I know that's not always the case in porn, but do you think that porn sometimes um, 
presents the image that we have to look a certain way, or is that cer- just certain genres? I think if you're going to be in front of the camera and that's your job, you need to look your best. And to you, that's I mean, to be hairless or to or, be shaved. No, whatever your style is, okay, that's fine. Yeah, but if it's like you're hibernating and you're just too lazy, then that's laziness. But if that's how you want, if that's how you're comfortable, and that's the way you're, I don't know, if you want to grow a bush, yeah, and that's what you want, then that's what you want. It's not being lazy, but it's the waxing thing. That's maintenance, and that's being a girl. And that's just same doing my nails. I hate going to the nail salon. Sometimes I'll break nails, but that's part of going and getting my nails done. That's sure. main, maintenance. And that's our job is to be a fantasy, to be people look at us as a way to, um, I don't know how to. Like do escape it. their lives kind of? or Yeah, we're a fantasy and we need to keep that. You just can't be sloppy and. Yeah. Unless you're with your boyfriend, I feel, or anyone. I Sometimes if I don't shave, I have to shave every day. If I don't shave, I feel gross the next day if I decide to have sex with someone sure. and I feel uncomfortable. So you have to know your own comfort level. And I love what you said about what feels good to you, you know, that however you feel the most beautiful and empowered. And then also I love what you said about that you, you're playing a fantasy when you're on the screen. So it's not as though you need watchers, like viewers of porn don't need to feel like they need to emulate, you know, a porn star because what your partner wants is you. I mean, hopefully, but probably, you know, yes. good good partners. That's all they want. And they also don't fret over from from my experience and from what I've heard from many, many people, partners are not criticizing your body the way that we are criticizing our, ourselves. No. Um what I notice is I'll be like, well, I look this way and the guy's like, are you kidding me? And they don't see that. And it's just more being harder on yourself and you know when you look best and you know when you don't. But when the clothes come off and you're naked, you just have to Accept the fact that you're beautiful and just let those thoughts go and eventually maybe you'll be able to, for me, be more open sexually. Instead of stressing about this, that, I can just put that out the door and focus on me and the guy and not think about, oh, I feel bloated and yeah, just the stupid little things. Because the guys, guys or people I've been with, they don't care about the stuff that I stress about. And I make it more of a big deal when it's not. Yeah, which is interesting because a lot of times we are stressed over something that we think is going to bother the partner. And by stressing, that bothers the partner. And that stands in between intimacy and having wonderful pleasure and all that. That's really huge. Yeah. I guess it's just being honest with yourself and being honest with the other partner. Communication is always key in any relationship, anything. And if you feel uncomfortable, you should you you have to tell the other person or else you're not gonna be comfortable the whole time. So true. That's really good advice. And it's universally applicable too, you know, in the bedroom, outside of the bedroom. All of that's really, really important. Thank you. I wish I could say I do the same for myself. <laughs> It's always easier to know it and then to apply it. and But it's nice to know that you're a person in progress like the rest of us. You know, I think a lot of times 
watching porn, people might think, again, the porn stars are up on a pedestal and you are playing out this fantasy, but you're human beings and you have your own quirks and challenges and weaknesses and strengths and interests like the rest of us. Yes. Yeah. Seems to be more complicated. But <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's easier because it's harder to date. It's harder to do anything as a, even a celebrity or just in the camera or in the eye of the camera. Sure. How do you say it? Yeah. The eye of the people. Mm-hmm. If you're just, um, it just, it makes it harder just to be pressure. normal as you sure. think normal. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have days where you just like put on sweats and just kind of try not to be glam? Yeah, if I don't have to work, I can stay at home for maybe a week and not have to leave. I don't like to go out unless I have to. Yeah. But if I, yeah, I've never had, the funny thing is I rent a room and I've never had a guy in my bed or had sex in my house because I rent a room with a family and that's just weird. Oh, do you want to come to my room? Yeah. And my room is my sanctuary. Mm. So no one has been in my room. Maybe two people but no more than five minutes. Your sacred space. I love that. And you can go there and recharge. Mm-hmm. How do you recharge besides spending time in that room when things are really intense and you've been working a lot? I guess I really don't answer my phone and I'm just no music, just relax, lay down, and just I like to think or just finish odd project I don't just relax people don't relax it's so true and I love that you said you just turn off the phone and it's it's funny to me how much you know if you don't make an effort to have stillness you won't have it you know there's just so much noise around us and Mm -hmm. I think it's that's really that's really huge you're a good role model in that way thank you that's huge so tell us where we can learn more about you so you can find me on twitter it's at Jaden Lee XXX for now. And eventually I'll be working on the Instagram and hopefully I'll be doing a website. I'm trying to get back into the social network thing. Yeah. It's a little hard to get back into it. Is it? And normally I don't take pictures. I was sitting here trying to take a selfie of myself. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing of trying to take pictures and post it and feeling sexy is a little hard when you don't feel sexy. Sure. So I'm working on the Instagram. I don't think many people realize that a stunning porn star such as yourself would have days where she's not feeling sexy. So, I, I, again, I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. And you are stunning inside and out. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. If you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you will subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, why don't you leave us a nice rating and review? We so appreciate the support. And before I let you all go, here's a little bit of fun news for you. You know the Love Detox Audio Summit I invited you all to the other week? where I spoke about love bombing and dating a sociopath. Well, Dr. Megan is in too. She's going to be speaking about sex with her interview releasing on April 19th. So head over to thelovedetox.com forward slash Megan or thelovedetox.com forward slash August to sign up. It's free and chock full of fabulous insight from a broad range of love experts. And the host, Alicia, is super sweet. You'll love her. Um, And for an empowering read featuring stories of sexual discovery from a range of women, check out my book and 
Embraceable, empowering facts and true stories about women's sexuality, which you can find on Amazon and other booksellers online. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.